Hi, this is Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 22, What It Means to Love and Be Loved. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Happy Friday, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the Limitless Female podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Um, First off, I wanted to share a little story about myself because my coach has informed me that maybe I need to show you guys that I go through the same thing you guys go through. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I go to her and I tell her, how can I coach and tell these women um, how to look at their thoughts differently and how to question a circumstance and show them that it's neutral when I am still struggling with these things? And she pointed out to me that maybe that's why you guys relate to me so well. And maybe that's why I'm a really good coach for you guys. And so a couple weeks ago when we were meeting with our builder to build our house, um, we, as we went throughout the conversation, I felt like we weren't communicating well. And I let him know that I didn't think it was a really good fit just because of our communication styles and based on what he was offering to do and what we actually wanted um, him to do. And I don't know if any builder does what we want them to do, but I thought maybe it wasn't a good fit. And in the course of that conversation, I got teary eyed and I actually had to stand up and walk away. And then he finished off the conversation and left. And I felt so much shame. And you guys, I don't really feel shame very often. I am not easily embarrassed. I let mistakes roll off my back. I really just feel like, of course, I'm flawed. And so I don't feel shame that often. But I felt so much shame. And I just made it mean that I wasn't going to be good in the workforce. And how can I run my own business? I started looking into my future and feeling a lot of fear, like a really good businesswoman and a strong entrepreneur can't cry at business meetings. And I just made it made all kinds of things about me. And then I went home and I probably had like a bowl of ice cream. And instead of what would really make me feel better and just kind of felt awful, retreated. I struggled to write a podcast because I just felt uninspired. And then I felt some shame over feeling shame. Like I'm supposed to teach my clients that it's okay to make mistakes And instead, I'm sitting here feeling shame. So, of course, I layered more shame and frustration on top of my shame. And also, another thing that happened is I also feel like my life is so good and I have so much. And because I know that, it almost makes it harder when I feel down because I feel like I don't deserve to feel down. I don't have a right to feel down or I shouldn't feel depressed. And and I question whether it's my chemical imbalance or hormones or I'm just ungrateful or um, entitled. 
Okay. So I see this happen with a lot of my clients and this is what we do a lot of work on in Limitless Female Coaching. We spend a lot of time on it just being okay to feel sad or shame or guilt. And we do that because when we think it's not okay and we resist it, we actually create a whole bunch of secondary emotions on top of that first emotion of shame. And it kind of digs us deeper and deeper into this shame storm. And we feel shame and frustration and and uh, entitlement and you know, we're mad at ourselves for feeling entitled and shame. And you can see it's just this whole downward spiral. And I think sometimes as members of the LDS church, because we know how much we have and because we know so much about um, the blessings that are in store for all of Heavenly Father's children, we feel like we don't deserve to feel sad. But that resistance actually creates a lot of problems for us. And so that's what I spend a lot of time working with my clients on. And I too am working on that. And I feel like I can relate to you guys. I know where you're at. I do this work on myself and it really is life changing because I was able to coach myself and identify that the thought that was causing me a problem was I'm hard to work with. I'm an emotional girl. And I kind of flipped that on its head and decided, yeah, I am kind of hard to work with. I do expect a lot from people. And why is that a problem to expect a lot from people? And maybe I want to be hard to work with. And maybe being passionate and emotional is what's going to get me the best result in this house, right? And maybe I'm wrong that the most... Um, successful and amazing people that I look up to that they aren't emotional because one of the things I love about my mentors Brooke Castillo and Jody Moore is that they are so passionate about what they do which of course involves emotion and they're also very open and vulnerable about that so I just got to question it and self-coach and kind of move forward. And guess what? The next day I busted out a podcast and I really think it was an awesome one. It was a couple weeks ago. So that's a little bit's going on in my life. But today I want to talk to you guys about love and I'm going to teach you about love in a way that you probably have never heard it before. And it's going to make you question it a little bit and maybe surprise you a little bit, but I think it's going to be really effective and help you. So first I want to talk about what love is. A lot of us believe that love is this feeling that washes over you, okay? And that it comes from other people and that we make other people feel loved by our actions. Now, love is an emotion. That is what love is. It is an emotion created by chemicals, a chemical vibration that comes from thoughts in our brain, right? All of our emotions First, start with a thought. That is how we feel love, okay? But love is not actually something that we can make others feel or that others can give to us. You don't give away love and others don't give love to us. In reality, we actually choose what we think and that creates what we feel, okay? So, This is why in a relationship, one person 
can feel love for another and the other person cannot be in love back. You can love somebody and they cannot love you back because they can't just feel love for you because you love them. Um, Jody Moore gave the funniest example. She said that the difference between a really good boyfriend and a stalker is that you just like one more than the other. And she goes on to describe, I just loved it because I just think of a stalker and it kind of cracks me up that they could be a really good boyfriend if you just liked them. But she says that a really good boyfriend maybe is showing up on your porch with cookies and maybe he knows your class schedule and so he bumps into you on campus and, you know, he writes you sweet poetry and you just think he's dreamy and sweet and amazing. And so he is, and you think about him as your boyfriend. So he is your boyfriend, right? And then you have the stalker and you're repulsed by him and you think he's really creepy and weird and you don't like him back. And so when he knows your class schedule or he shows up on your porch with cookies or he writes you creepy love poems, (laughs) he's a stalker, right? He's not a sweet boyfriend because you don't think about him as your boyfriend even though he might think about you as his girlfriend, right? So it really does matter the way we think about somebody. We also know that love is just created by our thoughts because of attraction, okay? Because you can be attracted to somebody like maybe they're really gorgeous and they're really sweet and you're really attracted to them and you think they're creating that attraction for you. But what if I told you that this person you're attracted to is actually a serial killer. Are you still attracted to them? Probably not, right? It's because your thoughts have changed about them. You're no longer attracted to them. Now, one of the things that my kids did in their younger years in elementary school was they would write little raindrops on little pieces of paper shaped like raindrops um, about somebody else. So when the other person did something kind or did a cool picture, they would write on a raindrop like, you're a really good artist or you're so nice. And then they would put it in the other child's bucket. And then when my child did something cool, other people would write on raindrops and they put it in my child's bucket. And they would do this. And the idea was that they were filling up each other's buckets. And a lot of us have that idea in our minds. And I'm all for teaching kids to be kind and to it's kind of to build each other up. I love it. But I don't like that we believe that other people fill up our buckets. And I do this too. I used to say that, you know, I'm just taking in all my kids' good behavior and filling up my bucket for when they misbehave so that I would have something to run on as if their misbehavior was causing me frustration. But really, we fill up our own bucket. So today I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be loved, how to feel more love, and then what makes somebody else lovable and kind of the reasons that we tend to hold back love from some people. Okay, so the first thing when we talk about being loved is that really the reason that we are lovable and that we're worthy of love is our amazingness. It's our worth. And we had nothing to do with that. That was Heavenly Father. He created us and we're amazing. 
And I think when we realize we have nothing to do with that, we are much better at allowing ourselves to make mistakes because we know that doesn't matter what we do, we're always going to be amazing and 100% lovable. And it's our job to just believe that. It's our job to identify and dig out that understanding that we always were amazing. We don't have to do anything to be lovable. Um, Another thing is when we talk about filling our own bucket, compliments are awesome, okay? And we might think that they're making us feel really good. Like when they tell me that they really like my podcast, I just feel like, yes, I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. And validation is something that we all really like. I remember when I was doing photography, I love doing weddings because I love the validation from adults and about something that it took brain power and effort and confidence um, and authority that people would validate that about me. Like you're so good at, at wrangling a crowd and your pictures are so beautiful and you're so talented. I really love that validation. But what I didn't know was that their words might have made it easier for me to think good thoughts about myself, but it wasn't their words creating the confidence. It was what I allowed myself to think about me when they would validate me. And compliments are awesome. They're great, except for when we use validation in place of us deciding to love us. So when we rely on the validation of others, it can be dangerous because everyone's not always going to like us and that's okay. But when we are waiting for others to tell us we're good at something or that we're worthy or that we're amazing, we're definitely going to fall short and then we're going to struggle to find confidence because we didn't learn to love ourselves first. Instead, we were allowing other people's opinions of us to shape what we thought of ourselves. I want you guys to consider that you are a juicy peach and not an avocado. Okay, stay with me here. (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming you guys like avocados, but I know there's some weirdos out there who don't. That's all right. We still love you. (laughs) But avocados, everyone likes mostly, right? They just, they go on everything. You always want to have avocado to your sandwich at Subway. They charge like $2 extra for a slice of avocado on your sandwich because they know everyone likes avocados, okay? You're not an avocado. You can't be liked by everybody. And if you try to be liked by everybody, what happens is you get real bland and boring, Because you dole down the things of yourself when you're with certain people and you amp up something else about yourself when you're with another person, you kind of become for everyone, okay? I want you to think about how a juicy peach is so delicious, except for if someone doesn't like peaches, it doesn't matter if you're the juiciest, most delicious peach on the planet they're not going to like you because they just don't like peaches, right? But if we took that peach and we tried to like, there's all this stuff my son's really interested in, um, like biohacking, right? And if we took this peach and we biohacked it and we combined it with the avocado, do you think it would be a very good fruit or vegetable? I don't think so. 
right? It would be kind of gross. And when we try to become something we're not in order to please other people, we don't feel authentic. And I think it's we don't like being around ourselves. And it's not fun. And people also can read that we're not enjoying being with ourselves because we're trying to be an avocado. But what if you're a juicy peach and you just keep being the juiciest peach you can be? What happens? You're going to find your super fans. You're going to find your people who love a good juicy peach. And I have found that to be true in my own life. The more I am myself, I am outgoing, I am unapologetic for being goofy and loud and giving advice (laughs) because I have a feeling that I overshare and overadvise people sometimes. It's the life coach and cheerleader in me. I'm sorry. Um, And the mother, right? When we become moms, we just think we need to advise and help people all over the world. So maybe we do. (laughs) But when I own all of that, I don't water myself down for other people and I become much more enjoyable to the people who would have liked me anyways. And I become much more fun for myself to hang out with. And I show up much more confident and I attract those people who love Emily, who love a big juicy peach. One of the things that they teach us at the Life Coach School when we're going through the year where we're starting to build our business is to niche down. So it's this idea that you got to get really specific on who your audience is and who you help and what you help them do and how you're going to help them do that and what their problem is and speak to that specific problem. And you can help a big wide group, right? You could be a life coach for moms. You could just be a life coach or a business coach, right? But if you're scrolling across Facebook and you cross over someone who says they're a life coach, and then you go come across someone who says they're a life coach for moms with depression who want to go after their goals, you might be like, oh my gosh, those are, I'm all those things. She's speaking to me. So when we niche down on who we are, which is kind of what I'm talking about, I talk about owning that you're a juicy peach and loving that, when you're just who you are, You attract the people who really need you, who love you, and you become very authentic. And it's much easier, too, for you to show up in a crowd authentic because you know who you are. Now, I want to talk about other people's lovability. I posted in my Facebook tribe, the Limitless Female Tribe, and I asked everybody, what makes somebody lovable? And some of the answers that I got were, If they are kind, if they're complimentary, if they accept my compliments and my love, if they are easygoing, if they support me, if they show up, a good listener, right? One of my members has been doing this work for a long time. And so she pointed out that everyone is 100% lovable and she is right. Someone's lovability has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with the person trying to feel the love. Because like I talked about before, love is an emotion. And even though we think that someone's behavior makes it easier or harder for us to love, it is actually our thoughts about them that makes us feel love for them, right? So when somebody shows up and we believe they're not supportive, 
we're not going to feel love for them. And we're going to think it's because of their behavior and that they're less lovable than someone else. But when somebody in our life doesn't come to something and we believe that they love us anyways, and that's sometimes how people who love us act. Sometimes people who love us don't show up when we think that they should. And they still love us. When I think that, I feel love for the other person. I feel understanding. And all of a sudden, that person has become more lovable. Do you see that? But the only thing that changed was that I believed that they loved me and that they didn't need to be there for me to feel supported, right? Also, we can feel supported by just believing they support us and they're not here. Like our definition of support can change. It's not set in stone. So other people's lovability has nothing to do with their behavior. And if you feel like someone's hard to love, it actually has to do with your decision, your capability, and your willingness to love them. It is absolutely a reflection on you if somebody is hard to love or you think someone is not as lovable as another person. Now, sometimes with clients, I hear them say that they don't want to get to love, right? I'll ask them, what do you need to be thinking to feel love for this person? Or how do you want to feel towards this person? And they'll tell me, I want to feel neutral. Like, I just don't want to care. I don't want it to be in my mind all the time. I don't want to love them, but I don't want to hate them. I just want to feel neutral. And I want to challenge that a little bit because I don't believe you if you think that. There's no way that you would rather feel nothing than feel love. Love is the most amazing feeling in the world. It is why it's so important to us to find someone that loves us. It is why it's so important for us sometimes to have approval of others because we are seeking that emotion of love. It's why we make mistakes in life. It's why we you know, serve people over and over, even when they're not appreciative, because we're seeking love. We want to feel that emotion and it's on purpose. We were made to seek love so we could find connection, so we could be there for people, so we could survive. Love is the most incredible feeling on the planet and all of us, we do everything in life. And what I think boils down to wanting to feel love is the main emotion we are after. And so when you tell me that you don't want to feel love, you just want to feel neutral, I believe it's because of one main reason, and that's we think it's a sacrifice to love them, which means we think that it will require us to give a piece of ourselves and that they don't deserve it, okay? And I think this falls into two categories, the sacrifice part. Number one, like I said, we think they don't deserve it. And number two, we believe it will leave us feeling hurt and vulnerable. And I want to speak to both of these things because they don't have to be true for you. So the first is they don't deserve it. Now, this thought comes under the pretense that loving them will serve them. I want to speak to that for a second. Loving somebody might make them feel something, maybe, right? But it's only because of the thoughts they will be thinking, okay? 
So like I said before, you can love somebody and they cannot feel your love. You can say I love you to somebody and mean it. And they could be thinking, oh, she's just saying that because I told her that I really would like her to tell her me she loves me more. Right. And they wouldn't feel your love. So if you feel like they don't deserve it, then you believe that you feeling love for them serves them and not you. But the truth is when you feel love for somebody, you are the one who feels love. When I am coaching my clients, I tell them, I'm not trying to sell you on the idea of loving them for their sake. I want you to love them because you are the one who gets to experience it. And as long as you feel neutral or don't like them, you're the one who has to feel all those feelings. And you get to choose to love them and it will serve you. So when we think that they don't deserve it, we don't need to love people because they will feel it. We love them because we will feel it. And number two, because that's the kind of person we are. That's the kind of person we want to be. And it's important to understand this because then you never feel like you're being taken advantage of. And this speaks to my second point of vulnerability. If we think that we need to love them and then they need to show up a certain way so we don't feel like we're just putting it all out there, that can feel very vulnerable. But the truth is, we just have to love them with the right reasons and intent. So if I love somebody because that's the kind of person I am, then I don't need them to show up any certain way and I won't feel hurt. But if I love somebody because I want them to feel my love and forgive me, then I am dependent on how they react in order to not feel hurt. Does that make sense? I need them to show up in a certain way and to respond to that love and to forgive me and to now be kinder or to say thank you in order for me to feel like it was okay to love them. What if you could just love them for your benefit and because that's who you are? I love those two reasons because that's the kind of person you want to be. That's the kind of friend you want to be. That's the kind of daughter-in-law you want to be. And you're the one who gets to feel the love when you love them. I want you guys to think about withholding love from somebody like holding on to a cactus. And I'm telling you that if you let go of this anger, this resentment, or even this neutral feeling towards them, you can feel better. And I'm telling you, if you let go of this cactus, you're going to feel better. And a lot of times my clients will come back to me and say, no, but I just want to feel neutral. I don't want to feel love for them. They don't deserve it. I don't want to feel vulnerable. And I'm telling you, hey, stop hugging the cactus. And you're saying, I want to keep hugging the cactus, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So when we understand that we're the ones who feel love and create love for ourselves by our thoughts and that other people don't create our feelings, then why would we keep thinking thoughts that somebody else isn't lovable or somebody else isn't worthy of our love? It leaves us holding the cactus, right? It doesn't serve us. And I don't know if it serves them. It might or might not, but it definitely doesn't serve us. So I want to leave you with a question that will help you identify why you don't feel love for somebody or why they're unlovable. 
ask yourself, what are my thoughts about this person that are preventing me from loving them? Do you see how you get all of your power back to feel whatever emotion you want to feel? What are my thoughts about this person that are preventing me from loving them? Or you could change it to, what are my thoughts about this person that are preventing me from feeling love just on a daily basis? And you get to choose those thoughts. They are 100% optional. So I want you guys to take from this podcast that you are 100% lovable and what anybody feels about you is 100% about them, about their ability to love you. And that you can love anybody in your life and it serves you. And if that's who you feel like you are, you should 100% choose love. I hope this gave you guys a new perspective on love. And if you like what you are listening to and you like coaching, you're like, wow, this is such a new way to look at things and it's helping you, please leave a review in iTunes below so that other people can find the podcast because that's kind of how iTunes does it. They rank you based on reviews and then they share the podcast with other people. I want women all over the world with depression, struggling with their mood, whatever that looks like for them, I want them to have these tools. I want them to know how to feel love even when they think someone in their life is difficult to love. I want them to know that they can show up 100% authentic and that everyone doesn't have to love them for them to love themselves. This work needs to get out there and I want to share it. So if you guys can take just a second and leave a review, if all of you left a review, we would have an awesome number of reviews and I could definitely share this with more people. So take a second, leave a review. I would so appreciate it. All right, ladies, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast, or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.